0: Welcome to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. I am really excited and pleased to have Seth Racklin, the Chief Innovation Officer for Insurance for Capgemini, join me today. Uh, Capgemini is one of Majesco's strategic partners, and it is just a pleasure to have him join me today. Welcome, Seth.
1: Thanks so much, Denise. Very happy to be here.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you. We're really excited about the partnership. So I know you know a lot of people in the industry, just like I do. We've been around this industry for a long period of time. Could you just give a little bit of your background on yourself and your role at Cap Gemini? And I know there's a little tidbit that you have a previous relationship with Majesco through the Coverall acquisition um, merger we did.
1: That is right. That is right. So my background, I got into the insurance industry about 25 years ago. I've always been focused in the technology and technology services space, uh, most of that time actually as an entrepreneur. You correctly indicate that in the kind of late 2000s, uh, I was involved in building a company called Moore Stevens Business Solutions, which was a BI, an analytics solution for property and casualty insurance. Was acquired in 2010 by Coverall, which is now part of Majesco. I've been at CAP for about uh, six and a half years now. My current job, what I do is I try to spread innovation throughout our global client base. And what I mean by that is really helping to work with our clients and our partners like Majesco to come up with innovative propositions to truly push the industry forward and working with our clients to actually achieve those objectives. So we are a global technology services company. We are absolutely best in class in all of the new technologies that are moving our world forward uh, more broadly. My job is to make that relevant to insurance, make that innovation relevant to insurance, and I leverage the 25 years that I've uh, spent in the industry to actually do that.
0: I love the topic of innovation. I feel like in my career, um, I've been in insurance the whole time too, Seth, is that there's been different levels of innovation, but, you know, over the last five years, you know, really with the emergence of insure tech coming out of FinTech, it really kind of accelerated to a great extent. And I've, you know, I've seen such a change in the industry just in their thinking about innovation and their thinking about business transformation, that it's more than just replacing a legacy core system. It's thinking much bigger than what they've thought of in the past. You know, what's been your experience and what's been your perspectives working with so many different clients across the world um, over the last five years and, and their focus on innovation?
1: Yeah it's a, it's a great question and and I have to agree with you. I don't think you can I don't think you can overstate the importance of the insure tech phenomenon in effectively changing the game. For me, you know, having been in the industry as long as I have, you know, I like to think that I was innovating from day one. Whether that's true or not I'm not sure, but I like to think that I was innovating, but so much of that work that I did, and that I'm sure you did as well, was very much focused on people who worked within insurance companies and making their lives better and easier through technology. So whether it was a new workflow system or a new document management system or better reporting and analytics, like I did at Moore Stevens, it was all about how do I improve the experience of and how do I improve what was happening with, I think what InsureTech, did is really wake us up to the fact that there's a customer out there there's a there's an insured out there and that their experience with insurance as a product as a customer had a lot of room for improvement and so so much of what we've done in the last five years has been customer focused as opposed to employee focused and i think that's frankly made it a whole lot more fun
0: couldn't agree with you more. And the way that I like to kind of talk about that is that we really moved away from an internal focus to an external focus, an outside in perspective. And I think you're you're right. I and I see it um, you know, in many of the startups, whether it's an MGA or a full stack insurer, they really took a much different approach in building product and building processes that was really from an outside perspective, oftentimes even from a different industry perspective and really challenged i think our thinking about our traditional views about our business models and our processes
1: absolutely i mean you know you think about it and you know there used to there used to be a maxim in the industry that you know insurance wasn't bought it was sold so we needed people to be out there with the customer guiding them through their purchase of insurance and i think you know, there's any number of insure techs that have proved that to be completely wrong. And I think, you know, so many of, of our customers are, are have reacted, I think, very effectively to that change and have really transformed themselves into being digital carriers as opposed to analog carriers.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you guys have done that I think is really exciting and, uh, you know, with regard to our partnership, is this concept that you introduced at our Convergence customer conference last year, last April actually, was Open Insurer. Can you kind of talk about that and then how you see it really helping those in the industry to really kind of accelerate their digital transformation and then how you're planning to work with partners like ourselves to kind of tap into that whole concept?
1: Absolutely. So open insure is actually a very simple concept. And it actually was born not in the insurance industry, but in the banking industry. And you know, if you think about the world of banking and and and, and we all use various products to manage our finances, and it's very easy to plug all of the banks and all of the asset managers and whoever else whoever else you're doing business with, credit card companies, those all just plug into a QuickBooks. Those all just plug into a Mint. Those all just plug into whatever, you know, whoever you're working with. Nothing like that exists in insurance, right? It's, it's so difficult to connect all of the different players in the, in, in the marketplace. So open insurance is really about making insurers far more plug and play in terms of the ecosystem that they play in. So that can be distributors. It can be the various partners which, who they work with to sell product. That can be value-added services. So you, know, think of the alarm monitoring company or the towing company or what have you. And that can be third-party service providers who insurers are partnering with to better enable, enable their, uh, their, their operations. And so open Insurer is simply an API framework that was adapted from banking. So it is rock solid secure for creating that kind of plug and play infrastructure. And obviously it works best with modern platforms like Majesco has in the marketplace because that enables the kind of the the integration of all of those external parties into the insurance value chain in a very, very seamless way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the exciting things about the concept that you guys created with Open Insurer It's very similar to the concept we created with Digital First and our ecosystem we're building. You know, no one company can uh, create the biggest ecosystem of everything. And so the really exciting part I see for our, our joint customers and for the industry is how they have access to both ecosystems to be able to pick kind of the, the different solutions or partners that they want to work with to really deliver something that's really unique and differential, and that's really gets to the power of that multiplying effect of ecosystems by the our two ecosystems kind of working together.
1: Exactly, and I think the other point, you know, that is I think key for our customers is they want to play in the in the ecosystem, but they don't want to be locked into particular ecosystem partners. The landscape of technology providers in particular is changing so rapidly. The notion that you're going to pick the best partner in every single category for every single service you want to consume, I think is, is not, not really possible. And so as a consequence, what we see our customers really asking us for is build things in a way where we can always be partnered with the winners, even though who we think the winners are may be changing over time. And part of this open API capability is really about not having those point-to-point, tightly coupled integrations with partners, where it's very, very difficult and expensive to actually change course.
0: Yep, exactly. You know, one of the things that you talked about was about the value-added services, and one of the things that, as you know, we've been really tracking is really around you know customer expectations with our consumer and SMB research and. In our most recent research this year, one around P&C for auto and the other on the l side for life, is really this concept about a digital customer engagement that they're really looking for something, particularly the younger generation, the millennials and Gen Z, but there's some in the older generations that want this too, that they want more than just having access to maybe an app on, an, on the mobile phone to do a quote or to do a claim. They want a broader kind of experience and a broader level of engagement that you can kind of more holistically kind of manage aspects around their life. So maybe around auto, it could be through an API being able to tell you, oh, your driver's license is going to come due. Or maybe off of the devices, off of your car, it's due for a checkup or oil filter change or whatever it may be. Things that can kind of help them manage their risk, have value-added services that really help make life a little bit easier around them. And there's a real demand for that. And I think that's where some of this ecosystem from an open insurer or a digital first really plays in. And an opportunity for, for insurers to really kind of change their view to the customer. Thoughts on that and what you're seeing in insurers doing?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's a it's a great topic. So, you know, you know, I remember during the kind of the first internet wave, what we called the dot com boom, and everybody and anybody had to put up a website and anybody and everybody had to do e commerce. And so I worked with a number of insurers doing that. We, at the time, you used to have to actually license the security software based on the number of named users you thought you were going to have. So I worked with insurers who were buying millions of licenses because they expected millions of people to be hitting their websites and, and interacting with them. And, and the reality is that didn't happen. And it didn't happen because the phenomenon that you're talking about, which is the kind of persistency of engagement, is, is actually critical to the digital experience. So yep. the digital experience works when it's frequent, when it's persistent, when it's value-added, and when the company that you're interacting with demonstrates a knowledge of understanding of you as, as a customer. You know, none of those things are typical characteristics of insurance, mobile apps, insurance websites, etc. And I think the kind of things that you're talking about which you know broadly attempt to expand the relationship of the insurer to the insured from being a payer if you will to being more of a a protector or a partner or what have you are all based on this notion of we're in your life on a more persistent daily basis so i think about you know, the success that some of the large auto insurers have had with the applications that help you drive better. And the great thing about those is they're always on. They're always open. They're always, you're always there with them. The other great thing about those is that because you have that app and that app is your friend, if you are in an accident, you might report the claim through that app. Whereas you're not going to download an app and try to use it for the first time to report a claim if you, if you haven't been on that app. I think the kind of persistency that you're talking about, the kind of value adds that you're talking about, which are enabled obviously by ecosystem, create the ability for a digital relationship. And I think that's really, really critical to to driving retention, to driving stickiness, to driving all of those things, because it's much easier to switch insurance companies than it used to be. Customer retention alone, these digital initiatives, I think, make a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think the other thing that when I talk to some of our customers and uh, potential customers, and I'm speaking in the industry, one of the things that is really important, and I remember this conversation back probably a decade or two ago, is do you want to be a product company or a customer-based company? And I think that this whole concept of how we kind of expand beyond just the risk product, to your point about being just a, a payer, to having a broader relationship, You've got to make that decision because there are other businesses out there or other um, companies or even industries that are looking to own the relationship with the customer. Do a lot of things, including possibly that insurance relationship, whether it's quoting or paying, Uh, they're, they're looking at different ways that they can kind of have a broader relationship that that can drive revenue and that can drive value add. And I think that's a piece that I find a lot of insurance aren't thinking that big yet.
1: I would have to agree with you. I think that for a lot of insurers, they've woken up to experience. They've woken up to the fact that digital channels are effective ways to acquire customers. But I don't think they've really gotten to the point, you know, you you mentioned kind of product focus and customer focus. To me, insurance companies will become technology companies. Much as um, so many other industries, the, the companies that are leaders have become, come yep. to see themselves as technology companies. And technology being at the root of everything that they do, data being kind of the, the key asset that gets them to, 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 to that, that is a competitive advantage. And we're, we're still early in that journey. And we're early in that journey because most of the people who work in insurance companies still think their job is to process policies and pay claims. And we got to get past that to actually reimagining what it means to be an insurance company and what it means to to work in an insurance company so that that level of innovation can actually happen.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, speaking about data, it's a topic I know that is near and dear to both of our hearts, you know, from when I was inside an insurance company, but also at a core. You know, Data, I think, finally is getting its uh, value understood, not just about the data from an operational standpoint that sits in those core systems, whether it's policy billing or claims, but the other new sources of data, um, you know, that may be coming in that can be used. I think that's one of the other real learnings for insure is how they're really innovatively using data and creating different kinds of predictive models or creating using artificial intelligence to kind of underwrite with sources of data, and not having, for example, on the life side, fluids that you have to do that they can do it in just a few minutes. What areas of data are you guys exploring, and where are you seeing the real opportunities for data in the insurance industry?
1: Thank you for bringing it to data, because it's probably my favorite topic. So... <laughs> So um, I think my career was a way if I didn't start out by saying that I do think that insurers have made significant progress in the data space in the last 10, 15-ish type years. I think you're right. You know, predictive models are pretty much the mainstay of pricing within insurance. You know, that wasn't true 10 years ago. I think that predictive models are very, you know, critical in the claim space in terms of understanding the severity, particularly in areas like workers' comp and the like. But I think that, you know, and we did some research that just came out, the World Insurance Report in 2020, and and it found that really, you know, everybody pretty much said they had a 360-degree view of the customer. Now, that's probably true as well. But there are two areas where I think the the survey indicated that there was real room for improvement. You know, number one was the ability to process and react to data in real time. And, you know, what that means is, you know, we talked about moving to being a protector, That means being able to consume data about the customer as it's happening and actually do something with it. Very few customers, very few of of the customers we interviewed in the report felt that they had that capability. So that's kind of an emerging place, the ability to act on data in real time. And the second area, and I think it's probably equal in importance, is in the area of what they call natural language processing. And that's really the ability to work with data language, if you will, or or just blocks of words that are, as they're spoken and actually take action. You know, for example, to kind of drill it way down, We have a lot of our clients who are saying, okay, you know, we've got these claim systems and they've got these, you know, wonderful claims notes that really tell us what happened on a claim and we don't do anything with them because they're unstructured and they're they're not really available to our analytics. The data that's coming in on chatbots, the data that's coming in on voice in the call center, all of those, all of those pieces of data, I think are so potentially rich in terms of understanding the insured, understanding insurance outcomes, understanding insurance risk. And once again, very few customers feeling they had a lot of maturity in that area. You know, there's a million other things happening in the data world, but those are the two that I tend to focus on because I think that's where that's where the most ROI is from an insurance perspective.
0: Yeah, great point. You know, um, you mentioned the World Insurance Report. By the way, I love that report. Constantly, every year, read, read that report. You guys do a great job with that. Taking that kind of perspective, you know, you've brought in a lot of thinking from a lot of different um, parts of the industry contributing their ideas and their thoughts into that report. Can you kind of give a, a perspective to the audience about, you know, when you kind of pull that all together, what do you think and what do you envision the future of insurance to be based upon, you know, what you've been tracking over the last few years?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting question, particularly in the light of COVID. So, you know, when I think about it, I think tremendous improvement in and tremendous traction in improving and really changing the insurance experience and, and definitely some innovation around the insurance experience in terms of what people get from their insurance companies. And, and I credit the insure techs and I credit the, the carriers who've learned from them. But I think the reality is that, you know, I I point to the World Insurance Report that we did last year, 2019. We clued in on the topic of emerging risk, Uh not expecting that the world would shut down based on a pandemic, but we did (laughs) clue in on emerging risk. You know, we've really found a disconnect, and and it's something that they call in the industry the protection gap. And
0: Mm -hmm. the protection
1: gap is the space between the economic losses that are experienced by individuals and businesses when something bad happens, and what insurance actually pays. And that gap has actually been growing over time with emerging risks like climate change, and now with pandemic, even in the cyber insurance space. So to me, you know, my kind of call to action and where, where I'm sort of looking at, you know, I always look at things in terms of horizon one, horizon two, horizon three. So my horizon two, horizon three piece has got to be a rethinking of what risk means mm-hmm. in the 21st century and a, a recalibration of the insurance product to actually address the risk. And I think what that's going to do in the long term is it may, it may break down a lot of the barriers, between, the artificial barriers in insurance that exist you know, whether it's between I'm injured at work, and that's covered by my workers comp. And if I can't go to work, and it's because of an injury comp pays me, but if it's because of something that didn't happen at work, my disability policy pays me. Uh A lot of this kind of sort of artificial, these artificial boundaries, I see going away as we try to solve the protection challenges of the future, whether it's, you know, the ever increasing flood risk, whether it's business interruption as a result of spread cyber attacks or pandemics, whether it's, it's the fact that so much of the benefits that, that we get, insurance benefits that we get, we get through employers and we're moving ever more into a world of gig economy and independent and people working independently. Those are huge challenges for the industry and they're, and they're not just solved with technology, they're solved by new thinking and new ways of thinking about the risk equation. And, you know, yes, I make my living doing technology for insurance companies. I'm proud to do that. But I think about these bigger questions and I think about how, you know, we as providers to the industry can help, can help stimulate thinking around that.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. I think we got an early indication of that, you know, following 9-11 when we had single focused risk and it wasn't a single focused risk. There were many aspects of risk that happened in a a general location. I think the pandemic has really brought that to the forefront again and to your point, we've got a lot of other emerging risks that are gonna highlight that as well. The exciting part is that I think that there are some companies beginning to experiment with that, that I hope that from um, an experimentation and a success of that, that that also will break down some of the regulatory barriers that exist that we've kind of traditionally thought about, you know, things in their own little silos and trying to break those things down.
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of experimentation, particularly in the gig economy space, just because everybody recognizes that those folks are not insured the way we who work for large companies are. And I think that that will only stimulate more innovation broadly across many economic segments.
0: You know, as you think about insurance leaders and how some of them are responding more rapidly and more effectively to some of these trends that are really kind of accelerating our view into the 21st century for the future of insurance, what do you see that's kind of unique in some of those leaders that are really making the difference and really moving it aggressively forward? Um, and experimenting and not being afraid to experiment and fail. Do you, are you seeing a different kind of leader emerge for, for insurance, uh, Seth, or do you think it's, um, you know, people are just getting more comfortable at taking risks?
1: I think it's a little of both. I think that a number of our clients have brought in senior leaders, you know, particularly as they've looked to reinvent themselves as digital companies. They've brought in senior leaders from outside the industry and gotten, I think, different and very valuable perspectives as to what that means. I think the other thing that that I'm seeing is far greater technology literacy you know because I think back in the day I kid you not that I had a client and he supported the c-suite at an insurer and and he used to have to troubleshoot the home internet of, of these guys because they couldn't make anything work them, right and you know, the reality is that most C-suite executives see the power of technology to change their business. It's no longer a, a cost center, it's now a it's now potentially a profit center. And I think that, you know, as the next generation, the generation that grew up digital, begins to occupy those positions, that will only accelerate. So I think that fundamentally the role of the CIO. Has changed within these companies. I think the role of other leaders to truly embrace the power of technology is absolutely a huge factor. You know, it's not just about age, right? I mean, there's lots of innovation at, at lots of companies, regardless of the age of the C suite, but I think it's, it, there is an absolute recognition. Technology is an enabler of the business. And I think that comes from the increased technology literacy of the folks who are, who are making the decisions.
0: It's, that's a fantastic point. As we kind of wind down here, one of the questions I always like to have guess is if you could pick one word or phrase to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why?
1: You know, and I'll, and I'll pick a, a very pat word and then I'll explain it. So the word that I picked was interesting and interesting is typically a very, is a very benign term, but I think it's actually one of the, a, a word we don't typically associate with insurance. You know, I can tell you the looks I get at cocktail parties when I tell people I'm in the insurance industry. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think, you know, they're just hoping you don't talk about it, right? How wonderful yeah. to, to, to Don't say anything about it. But I actually think, and, and, and when I talk to my friends who are willing to listen, that there's so many interesting things that are happening and it is actually going to be an interesting industry. And I think that that reputation, if you will, of being a dull place to be is way behind us. And I think that the expectations of people in terms of what insurance can and should be are are increasing. I think the ways in which insurance can solve that risk equation are ever becoming more complicated and, and challenging to solve. And I think that makes it a very interesting place to be.
0: Love the answer. Just absolutely love the answer. Well, thanks, uh, Seth, for your time and your insights today. We're just thrilled to be partnering with you guys. And I think that there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of outside the box thinking between both of our organizations and I think between the two of us working with our joint customers. uh, We've got a really interesting uh, road ahead and some really exciting and interesting outcomes coming. So once again, thanks, Seth, for your time today and your insights.
1: Absolutely. Great to talk to you.
0: You too.